0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. Yeah, so how's the tribe doing today? We doing okay? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, anybody ready to get crazy in Revelation? Man, that's some crazy stuff we're going to talk about today from the Bible. So what do you say we pray that God would help us? All right, God, um, Revelation just freaks me out. And so I ask that you would help us learn from it. Uh, Holy Spirit, we're listening for you and we need your help. In Jesus' name, one said, Amen. Well, as we continue through this study of the book of Revelation today, uh, we come to the Antichrist, okay? What's the Antichrist? Who's the Antichrist? You know, one lady says, I met the Antichrist on a Tinder date, you know? Uh, Someone else says, you know, the Antichrist is Jerry Jones or uh, Kawhi Leonard or someone like that. But, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about Antichrist here. uh, But here's what the Bible tells us that we don't want to forget is that it says that there have been many antichrists. Go to 1 John 2, 18. Same guy that wrote Revelation said, as you have heard that the antichrist is coming, even now many antichrists have come. So let's keep that in mind as we go through our study of the book of Revelation today, uh, that many antichrists are coming to tempt us and to harm us and today, um, we don't want to kind of write off Revelation 13 that we're studying as something that only applies to some future world leader. Um, And here's why. Because have you ever heard that little slogan, if you don't learn from history, you're bound to repeat it or you're doomed to repeat it? Have you heard that? Well, with God, he sees all of history in one frame. He looks at eternity past, and eternity future, all in one frame. He's outside the time-space continuum. And so we can learn from things in the past, from history past, and we can also learn from things that are gonna happen in the future. And so I wanna submit one idea to you today, and it's this, that if, we, if there's ever been a time when Christ's followers needed to understand reality to learn to discern, it's now. We're all being bombarded with all kinds of information, aren't we? And so we want to learn to discern, okay? So you turn to someone next to you and tell them, learn to discern, Jack. Okay, tell them what's up. Now, uh, antichrists of every age in the future and now are masters of deception, propaganda, misinformation, conspiracy theories, and fake news. And this is the subject of a book that's been interesting to me lately called Live No Lies by author John Mark Comer. In the book, he talks about our propensity be deceived. See, it's not just other people out there, but our propensity to be deceived by the misinformation of this world. And he goes back to the 1930s and talks about War of the Worlds. Anybody remember or know what that's about? When Orson Welles, through a radio broadcast back in the 1930s, convinced the world that Martians were invading, right? And check it out. It was so weird because people, women who were pregnant were actually going into labor early, People, sadly, people were taking their own lives. Rioting broke out in the streets all because of deception and misinformation, right? And how many of you know that the same thing is happening today? There are people that believe that the moon landing was really on Iceland and not on the moon. There are people that believe that the earth is flat There are people that believe that the royal family are lizard people, okay? Now, that one kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, they look a little lizardy sometimes, don't they? But uh, anyways, many modern people think that a concept of antichrist or the devil is kind of like a pre-modern concept or a myth like Thor's hammer or the Easter bunny or something like that. But even if you don't think that there's a devil... Uh, could we consider that maybe our world's not going so great right now? Could we consider that? I mean, here in the United States, uh, we're characterized by social unrest, online outrage. More protests have gone on in the United States than in U.S. history. And so as much as we'd like to blame things on the liberals or the conservatives or on Antifa or the Proud Boys, I think we have to look in the mirror right now at our own propensity to be deceived and that's what learning to discern is all about. And today as we study Revelation 13 we're going to see five scenes in which we can learn to discern the deception of the antichrist and the antichrist and antichrist that live today. So look at scene number 1, the beast from the sea from Revelation chapter Thirteen, verse one, and two, it says, "The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne." And great authority. So the dragon is Satan, and Satan appoints the beast or the Antichrist. And here's how the Antichrist will someday control the world. And I'm getting this from not only Revelation 13, but also. Daniel chapter seven from the Old Testament of the Bible gives us a lot of clues about the text we're studying today. So if on your own time, you don't go back and read that, then do so. But the Antichrist is gonna control the world using 10 horns and 10 crowns. What do the 10 horns and 10 crowns represent? Well, it's gonna be 10 nations that he uses to rule the world. Now, if you know anything about Satan or the Antichrist, they're all about betraying people, right? So they're gonna betray three of the 10, And what is 10 minus three? Not a trick question, seven, right? And so look at the next way he's gonna control the world with seven heads. The seven heads just represent the seven rulers that he'll use to control and rule the world. Now, the text also describes the Antichrist that he's gonna be like a leopard. Now, we learn from Daniel that the leopard represents ancient Greece. They were known for their military brilliance, see, and so some of you remember Alexander the Great, who led that empire into military conquest. Well, it was said that uh, Alexander the Great, he cried when he found out there were no more worlds to conquer. Now, historically, we don't know if he actually you know, said that. But what we do know is that he was a brilliant military tactician. And that is going to be the, one of the characteristics of the Antichrist. Brilliant at military conquest and uh, tactician. But the scripture also says that the Antichrist is going to be kind of like a bear. And the bear represents the ancient Medo Persian Empire, who was known for its great power. And then the text says that the Antichrist is going to be like the lion. And the lion represents Babylon in this context. And Babylon was known for its dominion and control, remember that word Control, because that's how this applies to us today. And I know what some of you are thinking. When I start talking about history, I can watch you. Some of you glaze over. You're like, Pastor Doug, I know you like talking about this stuff, but I'm getting a little tired right now as you're talking. But look, here's where this applies to you and I today, because you're asking the question, hey, I get the Antichrist is going to be like a leopard and, you know, Medo-Persian, but what, what does this mean for me right now? Well, Here's a principle of discernment for you and I today. We need to discern when people seek unhealthy control in our lives, unhealthy control. Now, here's what I'm I'm not talking about. Teenagers... Who want to do whatever they want to do and their parents give them a curfew and rules for the house. Okay. That's not control. That's responsibility. That's responsible parenting right on. Okay. Sorry, teenagers. I love you. I want you to be free, right? But your parents got to give you a curfew. That's just the way it is. Okay. I'm also, when I talk about control, I'm also not talking about when you expect your spouse to be faithful to you, okay? You're like, hey, I just want to be free, go with whatever, no, well, you, your spouse wanting you to be faithful, that's like a responsible marriage, okay? That's, a, that's what adults do in responsible relationships. But what I am talking about is when you have like a boss at work or a girlfriend or a boyfriend who tries to isolate you and separate you from your family, from your friends, And they want to hoard you to themselves, they're controlling. Have you ever known someone that gets unusually jealous? Have you ever been in a relationship where your boyfriend, your girlfriend, they were just mega jealous all the time and didn't want you around any other people? It's a spirit of control. See? Now, let me ask you this Are you a, let's get honest for just a minute, are you a control freak? Do you have spreadsheets? to manage your spreadsheets. I mean, you know, come on in. You, you, you like, you get too controlled over things. The spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of control, but the Holy Spirit of God is a spirit of freedom, see? Uh, where the enemy wants control tightly squeeze people. What we realize in our interpersonal relationships is that if you have to control someone to get them to be in a relationship with you, they don't really love you from their hearts, do they? And the more you try and tightly control someone, the more they slip out of your hands, don't they? And so Jesus teaches us to release people and free people so that love comes from the heart. Um, But here's something I want to suggest today, too, is that be mindful when politicians, when media outlets, particularly news outlets, employers, want to exert an unhealthy control over your life. Be mindful of it. Now, let's look at scene number two in our story. We'll see beast worship here, Revelation 13, 3. It says there, one of the heads of the beast seems to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshiped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And they also worshiped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who can wage war against it? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months or three and a half years. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So there's a whole lot of things to unpack in that Passage in there. First off, I want you to see how Satan counterfeits, copies, and plagiarizes everything that God does. So every time you see a good principle of God, you'll see how Satan will counterfeit the good principle from God. And what we see here in this text is that in the future, the Antichrist is going to get what's like a fatal wound. And look to be dead. And then the Antichrist will rise from the dead. It's basically Satan copying what God did with Jesus who rose again from the dead. But another thing you'll see in this text is that the Antichrist is going to wage war against God's holy people. Now, a lot of us believe that during this seven years of tribulation where the Antichrist is in power, that the church will have been raptured out, okay? A lot of us will be gone. But during that time, people will have the opportunity to believe in Jesus. They'll be like, hey, I remember what, if you lived through the seven years of tribulation, and a lot of us are gone, Pastor Doug taught about this stuff, and you know what? This guy, freaky world leader, I'm going to believe in Jesus, you know? And if you believe during the seven years of tribulation... You're gonna go through really hard times because the Bible says that the beast is gonna wage war against God's holy people who believe during the tribulation. And what we have to understand right now is that the enemy's war against God's people has already begun. It's happening right now. If you uh, listen to or read The Barna Group, they're a Christian think tank and a research group that does national surveys to figure out the spiritual climate in America. And according to their research, 65% of American adults identify as Christian. But then when you look at younger generation, younger adults, the Barner Group characterized as resilient disciples only 10% of younger Generations as resilient disciples. So that's not going so well, is it? But that's one of the reasons that I'm so encouraged when I come here to our church is because I see so many young adults here on our stage, a part of our church. There's a great uh, young adult tribe group that meets. So if you fall into that age bracket and wanna meet other people your age here at the church, by all means, go to our website and get involved in the young adults tribe group. But there was a time in history in America where there were many government leaders who were Christ followers. There was a time when the Ivy League schools were training schools for pastors. There was a time when churches held a place of honor and influence in towns and cities. But I think a lot of us know that those days, if they're not over, they're close to being over, right? Right here in San Antonio, our broadcast location, um, I don't know of anyone in our city government on the council uh, who is a professing believer in Jesus Christ. I do know one that has a denominational affiliation from his family of origin. And by the way, when I say that, I'm not saying that anyone in our city government are bad people. I'm not even saying they're not the right ones the job you know you guys know how we are on politics here at City Tribe we're for the left wing we're for the right wing we're for the whole bird aren't we but here's the deal Uh, here's why I brought that up I want you to understand that right now there's no one who overtly says I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior in our city government and that's not an indictment on them as much as it is that more Christ followers won't engage in the culture in that way But the reality now is that Christ followers, churches, Christians are no longer in the seat of cultural influence that we once were. But you know what that means? It means that we're now like punk rock fringe counterculture. That's what we are. So when you turn to someone next to you and tell them, you're punk rock, okay? (laughs) Right. Makes me want to go home and listen to the Ramones, right? So the text says that people in the future worship the dragon, see? So they, they worship the dragon. The dragon requires worship of other people. So how does that help you and I learn to discern today as we look at what's going to happen in the future? I'll tell you this. All antichrists are narcissists. And we have to learn to discern narcissism. You know, have you ever known someone? They always have to be the center of attention. They take a million selfies of themselves all the time. They love to look in the mirror and see images of from every angle of themselves, especially from above, so the chin doesn't look fat. You know what I'm saying? But I want to I want you to test yourself just for a minute to see if you're a narcissist. And so psychologists say they, they diagnose narcissists when they exhibit five of the following nine traits. So let's look at them together. A grandi- Do you have a grandiose self, uh, sense of self-importance? A preoccupation with fantasies or unlimited success, power, brilliance, and beauty. Number three, belief that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by other special people, right? Four, requires excessive admiration. Five, has a sense of entitlement. Everyone owes him something, right? Number six, takes advantage of others. Number seven, lacks empathy. Doesn't really care what other people think. Um, Number eight, envies others or believes others are envious of him or her. Number nine, shows arrogant behaviors and attitudes. Any narcissists among us? Okay, don't raise your hand. You'll freak me out. But uh, antichrists of every age are narcissists. But let's transition to scene number three, and this is a call for patient endurance. Go with me to Revelation thirteen eight. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever has ears, let them hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they'll go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they'll be killed. This calls for what? Patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. And so what we'll see in the future is that the majority of people will worship the beast. And those who will not and are caught not worshiping the beast will be killed just like in ancient Babylon. And those who worship the beast don't have their names written in what's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Now here in uh, two, three weeks or so, we'll see the Lamb's Book of Life as we continue to study uh, Revelation here. But basically it's the book where Jesus has all the names of his kids that he loves that'll be with him forever. How do you get your name in that book? It's not like an exclusive country club. It's just John, same guy that wrote Revelation, had a gospel of John, and he said in John chapter three, you just believe that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died there for your sin, for mine. And so if you choose in your heart to believe right now, you can be one of his kids and have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. But let's stop for just a minute and look at a chart so you have a feel for when these things could happen on a timeline. And we've worked with this timeline of the book of Revelation that uh, back when Jesus died on the cross, you see on the left-hand side, and rose again, he instituted what's called the church age or the space of grace that you and I live in today. But at some point in the future, a lot of us believe, according to you know Paul's letter to Thessalonians, that there'll be what's called a rapture, where the church, the people of God, are raptured up to be with God in the air, and then there'll be seven years of tribulation. Now, what we're studying today in Revelation 13 is within that Revelation time period. But let me show you another chart that kind of zooms in on some of the details of the seven years of tribulation. Now look at the left-hand side of the chart where the church is raptured up. And when the church is gone, that creates space for the Antichrist to come into power, to rise to power. And then there'll be what we've already studied. If you want to go back and listen to the podcast or watch it on YouTube, you'll see the seven seals and the trumpets that we've looked at. But look at that arrow in the middle after 42 months or three and a half years. The Antichrist demands to be worshipped. It's the rise of the antichrist's false prophet that we'll learn about here in just a minute. People have to have the mark of the beast to buy and sell. And the death penalty will be for those who do not take the mark of the beast. And this is why you look above the line where it says patient endurance. People can choose to believe in Jesus at this point, but they'll have to show patient endurance in the midst of suffering at that time. In persecution. Just like believers in the past have been persecuted because of their faith in the ancient cultures and civilizations, just like today, the church in China is practicing patient endurance. You know, we don't even see all the ways that Chinese brothers and sisters are being persecuted, killed for their faith. And here's the thing they're seeing miracles. In the underground punk rock church, miracles and many people are coming to believe in Jesus. It's the fastest growing form of spirituality in China right now. In fact, the Chinese government is very concerned because the number of Christians is rivaling the number of Chinese Communist Party members right now. But check this out. Look at scene number four, the rise of the false prophet. And this comes from Revelation 13, 11, where John says, "'Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. "'It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. "'It exercised all the authority of the first beast "'on its behalf, and it made the earth "'and all its inhabitants worship the first beast "'whose fatal wound had been healed.' and it performed great signs even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast it look at that word deceived the inhabitants of the earth it ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived and so the second beast we see here is actually the false prophet of Satan. So just like God has his prophets, Satan will have a false prophet, a religious guy. And remember, Satan copies, counterfeits, and plagiarizes all that God does. And so just as God has a holy trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Satan has an unholy trinity, which is gonna be Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And this false prophet will deceive people into worshiping the beast. He's gonna be a religious leader. He's gonna look very religious. See, it's, it's like he's a lamb, but actually he's a, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he'll be able to perform Great signs, and he can do these false miracles. And this shouldn't surprise us because remember what Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24, 24. He said, false prophets or false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. That's why you and I have to pay attention, right, on. We have to learn to discern. In the future, these false miracles are gonna be so convincing that it, it, might, it's clo- it could come close to deceiving even God's own kids. And so the discerning that you and I need to do right now, what we need to learn to discern as it pertains to miracles. Here in this church, we believe in miracles. We've seen miracles happen. We've seen miraculous things happen in our lives. Can I show you something, though? You watch Every time there's any type of a miracle, does it draw attention to a man or woman or does it focus attention on God, see? Because a lot of miracle workers, they love the attention of being the sage on a stage. But what you gotta watch for is when people say, hey, look, I don't have just faith in my faith. I mean, I understand it takes faith to see God move But at the same time, I understand that it was not me that made that thing happen. It was almighty God that made it happen. That's the principle of discernment right there. So look, look at scene five. The mark of the beast, 666. This is the last scene, and uh, this is what you all came for. You want to hear about the mark of the beast, don't you? So look at Revelation 13, 15, nothing like 666. So anyway, uh, just don't get that as a tattoo, please, okay? Don't get that. So the, the second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, the number of is 666, okay, there's a lot to talk about right there, isn't there, so check this out, he, John gives us a hint, he says, this calls for wisdom, now who is a character in the Bible that you know about that is most known for his wisdom, and some of you would say, "All oh, right, yeah, Solomon, and remember when Solomon received gifts from the queen of Sheba, she showered him with gifts, and look at part of the gifts in First Kings, chapter ten, verse fourteen. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was ah, six hundred and sixty-six talents. By the way, that's a lot of talent. That you know how much gold that is? It's like twenty-five tons of gold. That is a heap and helping of gold there. And can kind I of show you something else? That Solomon, as wise as he was, lacked discernment. Because his sexual addiction and his love of money and his foreign wives, plural, not a good idea, okay? Turned his heart. Look at what they did in 1 Kings eleven four. 4. They turned his heart after other gods And the wisest man in the Bible, one of them, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. See, what can we learn as it relates to discernment from Solomon's story? I think what we have to learn is that antichrists deceive and control with money. Antichrist will deceive and control people with money. This is the hint here. Now, as I say that, what I want you to know is there's nothing wrong with wisely managing your money. The Bible is full, the Gospels are even full of money management principles. That's why we're having a class starting up called Financial Peace. And I hope all of you will go through it. The people that are leading that class are amazing people, and it'll set you free to have your money managed appropriately. And when I say this about control and to see with money, I'm also not saying that it's wrong to make a lot of money. I hope you make a ton of money. Abraham in the Bible was a very Wealthy person. And some of the people that inspire me the most are the people that are wise with their money, know how to make a lot of money, and they will give it away at the slightest prompting of God's Holy Spirit because their money doesn't control them. They control their money by the power of God's Spirit. And furthermore, I'd say the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible, you know why we know about the Good Samaritan? because he had some money to share. When he rolled up on this Jewish guy that had been robbed and beaten down, you know what he did? He said, hey, put this guy up in a hotel and get him some health care, and here's my credit card to take care of it. See what I mean? This guy had some money, and that's why he was able to help the Jewish man. But did you notice something there? The Good Samaritan used his money to serve the Jewish man, not to control the Jewish man. You see what's going on? Money is a source of service in the kingdom and generosity, but not something used to control. And we see the Antichrist is gonna be a narcissist who controls and he uses money to do it. He says, look, you won't even be able to buy or sell unless you get my mark on you. This is the control of the Antichrist. Now, I wanna ask you a question. And I, please give me some grace here. I'm not trying to be all political or anything. I'm just, look at this. Uh, is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? <laughs> okay, and, and here's why I'm asking that question. If you've seen the USA Today article, which is some say COVID-19 vaccine is mark of the beast. Is there a connection to the Bible? Okay, well, first let me say, I know people in our church that are vaccinated, and then I know people in our church that say, hey, I'm choosing not to be vaccinated for these reasons too. You know, everybody has their reasons, and I respect both, right? It's okay, you know? Here, you're loved if you're vaccinated or not. Everybody loves you. Here, we get along. You know, we're not like fighting with each other about that here at City Drive. But but can I tell you, from the Bible, Uh, the vaccine is not the mark of the beast. Can I tell you? Can, can I tell you a few reasons why? Does the COVID vaccine keep you from buying and selling? No, it doesn't. Okay, I understand that some countries don't let you fly in unless you get vaccinated. I understand that some companies are requiring you to get vaccinated, but you can get a job in another company and you can still, if I look at your Amazon account or your receipts and you went to H-E-B and bought and sold, you know, bought something, then it wasn't the mark of the beast, was it? Um, And then also, does the COVID vaccine force you to clearly and overtly worship a satanic world leader? Okay, no, it doesn't, okay? It it really doesn't. and, And can I ask you this? Have you seen an angel? flying around the earth, shouting out in a loud voice that getting the COVID vaccine is gonna cause the judgment and wrath of God to come upon you. Well, no, you haven't seen said angel. And next Sunday, we're gonna study Revelation 14 that talks about an angel that's gonna be flying around the earth, warning people, telling them, don't take the mark or you're screwed, okay? Basically, the angel won't say that in the Bible. That's my translation of that passage right there. Okay, look. Um, It's going to be clear. I want to be clear. When people get the mark of the beach, they're going to know. It's not going to be some secretive thing. They're going to know that they are taking a mark that is endorsing a satanic world leader. Furthermore, the Bible says that when you get the mark, where do you get it? Your right hand or your forehead. Anybody get your COVID vaccine and the nurse tell you, let me just jab this needle in your forehead. No, that's that's because it's not... the the mark of the beast. And you know, the reason I went into that is because we're talking about discernment today in our reality, right? We're not living in the future, we're living in the now. And people are being deceived by all kinds of misinformation about all kinds of things, you know? Both sides of the political aisle. Both are deceiving and both are being deceived. What's the principle of discernment here? Where's the most misinformation coming from right now? It's social media, I'll tell you. And here's the principle of discernment. I wanna say it gently. Quit reading your social media more than you read your Bible. Anybody on board with that? (laughs) Mm, Nothing wrong with social media. if you want to look at people's like tacos and selfies, then if that's what you've got time to. That's, you're, you're free to do that. But if you want to learn to discern, you got to read your Bible. You know, much of the deception in our world that's taking place on social media is being done, and this is going to sound really weird, but you know, the Russians, the KGB, coined a term. And the term is disinformatia, and it just means disinformation. So some of you are old enough to remember the Cold War when the KGB began a flood of information that were lies, half-truths, and propaganda. And the purpose was not to advance their agenda, but it was to throw off our equilibrium, to get us chasing our tails, draining our energy, focused on anything except what they were doing behind the Iron Curtain. And did you know something? They're doing the same thing today, and there are other countries that are spreading dif- disinformation here, and their purpose is to get us to chase our tails and to confuse us and to turn us against each other. Did you see in the Texas Tribune this article a Russian Facebook page? organized a protest in Texas, it was Houston, a different Russian page launched the counter protest. So basically what this was in 2017, um, there was a group who decided to do a protest and it was stop the Islamification of Texas. And then there was another counter protest which was save Islamic knowledge did you know there was tension there you get a bunch of texans that don't like them muslims and then you like a bunch of, you got a bunch of muslims that want to fight jihad right on and so there was some tension in houston texas on that day but what we found out was that both facebook groups and both the protest and the counter protest were scheduled by the Russians for the same day and the same time. It was all done from, uh, by Russian spies in St. Petersburg with $200 worth of Facebook ads designed to turn us on each other. And this was shed, the light was shed on this by Republican Senator Richard Burr. The world is gullible right now. The world is ripe for a master manipulator to come in the future and deceive the world so that he can control government, religion, and commerce. Now, one of the things that we know about the mark of the beast is that the technology is already there to make it happen, right? If you've got a bot, you know, you, you can only buy and sell if you have the mark. Well, right now, I think we all know that the RFID chips are out there and they're being inserted into some people's hands, you know, as a kind of a novelty, you know, they, they like that being, right now, they put it between your thumb and pointer finger if you want that. We all have it on our credit cards Right now, Now, we're not being forced to get it right now, are we? But look, here's what we know. The technology is there. The world is ripe for a deceiver to come, and people are gullible. And that's why right now today, it is so important that you and I learn to discern, right? There's never been a time in my lifetime where we've needed more people who learn to discern the truth that will set you free. So let's bow for prayer as we wrap up today. God, by your spirit, we ask that we could be not among the masses that will fall for anything, but among those who are in tune with your word and the Holy Spirit, that we would be people who discern and see truth And we know that truth doesn't come through politics, but it comes through you, Jesus, and your word. And so we lean into you now. And it's in your name we pray, everyone said. Amen, amen. So don't forget. Tuesday, this Tuesday night, we got an awesome awaken worship service right here in the Cameo at seven. So that should be fun. Now, one of the things I want to say about money today: we always talk about you know how we worship through our generosity and tithes and all that kind of stuff. Well, we don't try and control with money. You, you know, you're never going to hear anybody stand up here and say, "You're going to go to hell unless you give money." What is that? Is that freedom or is that control? Right. And so what we say: it's a free will offering. What we say here. And if you don't believe in Jesus, we totally understand if you don't participate in the financial part of it. But those of us that follow him, we're trying to like not be hypocrites and put our money where our mouth is and follow Jesus' own teaching that Jesus himself said, you should tithe. Yes. And don't neglect other issues of justice and mercy in the world. And so those of us that follow Jesus, we want to see people prepared. How do you discern without the gospel? And God's chosen instrument on the world is his church to share the gospel and help people grow as fully devoted followers of Jesus. And so here's how we get that done at City Trides. We don't pass buckets or plates or anything. Is there four ways to you know, give your tithes and offerings. You can do it by mail. You can do it by text messaging, following the instructions on the screen. In person, if you happen to be at the Cameo, you can go to the giving stations. If you don't wanna stand in line, I think there's a QR code on there. You can hit it just like you do at the restaurant. Um, Or if you just go to citytribe.church slash tithe, uh, you can tithe there. So thank you guys for your generosity. It's making a big impact. So what do you say we stand together? And I need to get you guys out of here. A lot of football to be watched today while I'm still at work. Um but anyways uh if you're comfortable to do so put your hand in a position to receive and let me speak some words of benediction over you dear brothers and sisters may you walk from here discerning the spirits of control and may you release perceived control and walk in the freedom that comes From our good Lord Jesus Christ. And may you walk from here. Discerning the deception of narcissism. In your own heart. And in others. And may you walk from here. With a Christ Jesus centered life. Walk from here. As you learn. To what? Discern. You guys have an amazing Sunday. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.